0: One hundred and eighty-five miles south. dot com.
1: Smash that Patreon button. One hundred and eighty-five
0: miles south a hardcore punk rock podcast. What's up, everyone? We got Sam from Drain. What's up, Sam? What's up, my brother? And what's up, everyone listening, man? Let's go, dude. Hell yeah. Dude. Okay, Living Proof came out last month on Epitaph, and the photos from this tour you're on, full disclosure, we're recording this June 14th. It's going to come out the following Monday. So they're in Tampa right now. They haven't hit Texas yet. So if we talk about show experiences and Texas doesn't get mentioned, don't get mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're recording. Yeah. Oh I,
2: I can already say I know Texas always uh has shown us so much love. So that that if there's a reason I don't mention it, that's why. No, man, but yo, dude, every every city on this one has shown us so much love, man. It's been fucking incredible. Like it's,
0: yeah. It's, it's wild, Sam, looking at the photos and the videos of the tour, like how does it feel like getting this kind of response
2: dude it's it's surreal, man', you know, like it's it's really I know that's an easy way to just say it's it's super surreal. it's just like I, I don't know, man, I mean, just literally today someone tagged us in a video um you know of us playing i shall be honest, I forgot what song it was, but it's a song that we you know it's it's we still play, you know, uh at Shaker's pub in Long Island and it was in 2021 and it was a run we did with regulate and it was like shakers pub 50 people max and then you know 2023 you know it was like i think we did 1250 at new york and there was like 800 people on the wait list Jeez. like and so because we were talking about maybe moving into a different venue or whatever um and we decided not to and just keep it at the spot it was but it's like this is all just so crazy man i don't know like it's true you know it's not just uh it's not just a clever name. It, this band embodies living proof. You know, we're we're doing it. We're literally doing it. And I think that's like it's one thing. It's like, yo, the band used to suck. Which you know, I'm not gonna say that's not true for us. But when you see a video like of a band playing a song, like they're still playing. You know, what I mean? it's just it's it's still a track. I think it was like "Feel the Pressure" or something. It's like, yo, we still rock that track. And it's just a lot more people. It just it just took some time, and it just clicked. You know,
0: and now it's fucking crazy yes it's a snowball right like yeah started not a rolling and you guys never like took your foot off the gas dude yeah man it's it's been pretty fucking crazy this last little bit man how was the approach for writing the second lp like different and did you have any sort of concern about a sophomore slump
2: no you know what man i mean i i personally didn't and and maybe i don't know i guess it's up to you it's up to you the listeners to decide if we did i I feel like we were just like, you know what? We love, we, it's funny, man. Like we wrote that first record and we, you know, we felt really good about it and it got received great. But like on the day that each record dropped, I feel so much more confident in this one than I did with that one. And there's a reason for it. Like that record has been out for three years and we have pretty much played one. We've only played one song off of side B of that record. Everything else off side B of California, we've never played live. You know what I mean? Like, since it's been, since it's released. Um, and we didn't really get asked to play it live, you know? So that's the thing that's so funny. We're like, yo, like, that first record, the first record, was like, yo, I think we're really talking about that side A, which we still pretty much was a rock the set, you know what I mean? Um, And so with this one, we were like all around. I'm like, dude, I feel like there's no, no songs that fell flat, you know? And I feel really confident in all of them. And we've been trying to do that. We've actually been like, you know, we did like, you know one song in the set for the first like week and a half and then we swapped one out for a different track and so we're trying to play on this record have every song i've gotten some play you know um which we didn't get to do the last one man but when it came to writing it dude we we're just like Yo, what are the parts that we like and you know what are the parts that seem like that they've resonated with people you know um the most and let's let's try to capture those kind of you know not like rewrite riffs but let's try to capture that Why did that hit so well? Okay, because that slow part came after this fast part, and this bouncy part came after that fast part, whatever it is, you know? It's like, we try to just kind of stick with that and just kind of go wherever the song wanted it to go. And I think the way to do that is just fucking OS, baby. Just get in the room and just jam. You know what I mean? Like, you can't fake the funk, and there's no no knock on people who are able to make it work with, like, bands and, you know, people in different states where, like, one dude writes it and programs it and sends it or whatever it is, like, and the, you know they teach you. One guy writes it, and they teach it to the other four people. Like we just get in there, dudes. You know, three of us we get in and we just jam, bro. And we're like, "Yo, that sounds sick. Let's repeat that part. Let's come back to it. Let's do this." You know, and we just kind of have fun with it. And you know, and then I just layer vocals at the end. Um, and you know what? I don't know, man. And th- th- again, there's no, there's no knock. There's no nothing. Like it was just the three of us, man. We didn't have like anyone help us write tracks or like producer or whatever. It's like Taylor is like our producer, but. We went in that session, you know, 98% solidified on all that, you know, a couple little like, yo, let's maybe add like a fucking tambourine here or this or that, you know, but like the songs the tracks were there, you know, um, and we just have fun, just the three of us just rocking it, man. So I don't know. I, I, I can't really say we did a whole lot different, you know, just, just try. Oh,
0: Sammy, I lost you. Yo, are you there? Yep, I'm here.
2: Oh, my bad. You there, brother?
0: Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah.
2: I don't know where it cut, but yeah, dude, that was it. We just tried to trim the fat and, you know, we feel like we did. And and that's what's so cool about music. Some people might think this record's got way more fat on it or way less. It's that's what's so cool about this all. We feel really
0: stoked on what we made, though. I think one of the best things about your vocal approach is that you know, like, how to hang back and let the songs breathe. Is that a conscious decision? Dude, it honestly, like, kind of is, man. I, I think, you know what?
2: And it's funny, man. I, I don't know, like some, you know. I, I think it's no surprise. I fucking love. I grew up on waste. I love waste. You know, especially early waste. That dude's pumping out three hundred words in a minute. You know what I mean? And I love that. I, but then, I, you know, I think that's when, when I first started, and like in my first, you know, journey with Drain or whatever. When We first, you know, started. I was like, that's like the shit I'm into. And as we've gone, you know, we've grown and kind of pro- progressed, and matured. I'm like, yo, a I like a sec to breathe. The song needs a sec to breathe. And the you know it's not you say less but you mean more when you say it it, it resonates more and and kids want to sing along to it more um yeah it, I, I try man thank you i really appreciate it. i try to give it room to breathe and i don't know i feel like that's like the mo of the band it's like write songs that are like supposed to be sang along to or at least like tried to you know
0: so much of drain's appeal is like the live experience and your personal energy how important is the live experience to hardcore? And do you have an opinion about the prevalence of hardcore videos on the internet now?
2: Oh, Zach, brother, you're gonna get me in trouble on that. No, um, <laughs> no, you, you know what? Yo, here, here's the thing. You know what? I, I don't, I don't give two shits. I'll say this come out in a week. I think we're doing it. Yo, here's the thing, man. I got, I got so much love and respect for everyone that does what they do. Shout out, Sonny. Shout out Steven one nine seven. Shout out fucking, I actually don't know the gentleman's name. Feet First, uh, South of Babylon, New York. All these dudes that take videos. Uh, photographers on it, like literally just too many to name. Um, I mean, shit, just in California, too many to name. You know, I can confidently say that not just my band, but for the sake of this argument, I don't want to speak on other people's behalf. My band would not be where it is if we did not have the internet and the help of people documenting what we do and helping to get our name out there and i've got so much love for all the people that do it however i do think there's uh, you know on the other side of the coin sometimes it's it is okay if a set didn't get filmed and you know it, it, i mean the, the genre existed for decades without it you know what i mean like I, I, at the level it is now you know what i mean um so i think that it's really important man and i think the live setting is what is important and so you know something we've toyed around i don't know you know i i you know, I think by the time this comes out, you know, we're, we've been talking about maybe doing no cameras for California, no okay. cameras at all, all love and respect to all of our friends we will guess you, you know, that do it. And, and people that do it, if you, you got a camera do you want to come, I'll guess you hang, hey, just come and be present. Let's just have a good time together and make it so, yo, know, you want to be in this room because if you're not here, you're not going to see this shit again. And you get to experience this. I think that there's, there's a level it does so much, but it will never exactly be the same. and. So that's something we've been talking about, you know? I don't know. I'm curious. What's your thoughts, Zach? Is that a
0: huge L on our end? What do you think? I mean, I'm like a, I'm a dinosaur, right? So like, I don't (laughs) think you want my take. I don't think it's good. (laughs) But for me, yeah. I mean, like, I think that enjoying the moment is more important than anything, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, dude, and that's what it's about, man. It just, you know, believe me, man, like I said, I I know my band wouldn't be where it is without all the help of it. But ultimately, man, like, I think, sometimes it's okay to make things extra special and make it so it, it is. And, you know, I don't know, maybe someone's going to say i gatekeep, whatever. I don't really know. I think it's really cool to, to make it be like, yo, we just talk this whole. We this. By, by the point, by the end of this, we've done this whole country. So if you look up every single, any night on this tour, you're going to find a video from it. You'll probably find a full set. However, we never really get to play that uh, in California. We hardly get to play home, you know? We're like, dude, how cool and special would it be to wrap up this album release tour at our home? If we made it so, you know, you got to be in this room or you, you weren't there, you know? I don't know. I think it's a kind of fun idea. And everything after that, yo, cameras, bring them out. Let's go. Let's run it. But for this one, it's like, yo, everyone just come out. I encourage you. Let's have fun. Let's just be present. Let's be in the moment. Let's experience this and participate in this, you know?
0: That's wild. I love it. I love it.
2: Um, I, I hope it blows over well. You uh, know, at photo video homies, please don't hate me. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> That's
0: <all right. laughs> Uh Can you talk a couple of the standout moments on this tour?
2: Dude, yo, okay. Uh, I'm sure, I think everyone's seen it and I'm, you know, not trying to be on the, all uh, uh, this guy. Me, having Postman come out to the show in Salt Lake City was unbelievable. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was crazy. That was, that was, I mean, for sure a highlight. Um, just, you know, I, I, again, I'm going to be a Punisher. I was a fan. You know, I was just genuinely a fan. And, you know, they kind of, I kind of got word like a month ago, like, yo, I think he wants to come. And I was like, no way. You know, I took to go to the grand salt. But, yo, he really wanted to come and was cool as shit, man. And so that was rad. That was so sick. And and, and not just because he watched our band. Dude, he came. He kicked it. He watched every single band. He vibed out. You know, pull, he's like, bro, MS Paint, that's got to be one of my, my favorite band names I've ever heard. MS Paint and Jesus Peace, I think, are the best band names I've ever heard. I'm like, yo, this guy's so sick. Fucking the show ran a little late. It was an outside show. And uh, they were like, yo, you know, we might, we need everyone the last like two bands to, to cut their set down because you gotta be done by 10. And he pulled me aside and was like, yo, bro, like I came to see you guys and uh, I want you to play a full set. I'll happily cover any tickets or any legal fees that come from this. I'll, I'll take care of it. No problem. Just play your set. I'm just stoked to be here. How fucking cool is that? You know? Yeah. Dope. Super sick. Um yeah, man. I mean, that was dope. Yo, we played the Chicago Metro and it was like we were, you know, on our on our tour, and then incendiary never ending game were playing some shows out to tie down. And so we rocked with them there. And that was fucking crazy. That was like surreal. A huge room. You know, our, our our team on the back end has been really dope, man. And like pretty much made it. So I think all but three shows on this tour have no barricades um oh, and there, there you go that was like a i think it was 1300 cap room you know and people like dude how did you, you get them to hit the barricade out do they we just we got a good team behind us that knows what we're passionate about and uh yeah and it was it was an unreal show man it was fucking nuts um yeah tied down getting experience tied down dude honestly so so many just getting experience tied down getting to see uh um Oh, it's just, it's fucking crazy, man. Baltimore a couple nights ago was unbelievable. New York too, too, too many to count. Like seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we, we've been very blessed and very fortunate with all these awesome moments.
0: Yeah. Everyone, we're going to keep this one short, but Sam was on episode 124, So check that out. And, uh, on that episode, you know, we talked about how much drain really worked for it, right? You weren't popular out the gate. You had trouble getting momentum. And, uh and now you really are like the name is appropriate right you're living proof that hard work dedication and positive attitude can really pay off like can you leave with like some advice for kids that want to do a band and want to do it the right way like you did
2: yeah do you though thank you man you know what um I I you know I, I guess in a way you know just follow follow yourself man I, you know like it's it's so cool to be influenced by other people and and you take notes and but what I think has made Drain so special is that we just we we just didn't try to fit in, you know. We just did what we like and just fucking pushed until we made it fit in. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's the thing is, uh, you know, it's like yo, we we're, you know, we're we're a hardcore band. We play, you know, ha- on the heavier end of hardcore. You know, whatever. Uh, you know, we we play bills with with as beaters bands with more punk leaning bands. You know, our fucking mascot's a, a, a cute little QB baby shark. I just that's just all the shit I like. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, I don't care if another band wouldn't do it. That's the shit that I like. And so if we can go and do that, because I just that's what feels right to me. It feels it feels right and it feels real. And yo, know, everyone can see when some there's some fake shit from a mile away. You know what I mean? And so I think if you're a kid, yo, go be a part of your scene, whether it's you're playing the show or you're just the the kid that's going, who's just as important as, as the people playing. Go just go be a part of your scene, man. And just make friends and put on for your friends and like, just be, give more than you take, I guess is my favorite, the, the, the best thing to say. And, um, you know, my, my, my buddy Danny from San Jose, he runs his band Condition One. He dropped some shit one time that I, I was like, yo, that's a really good point. And it was, be seen, don't be heard. And I was like, yo, that is so true, man. Like, have people notice your your actions rather than hearing you talk about them. Just just, just be Just be there, just do it and follow what feels right to you And dude, if you're doing it for the right reasons, man, like you're going to get wherever it is you want to go, whether it's your band or whether it's your career or, you know, your fitness journey, whatever it is you're on. And like, it might not happen overnight. I think that that's also the biggest thing. i kind of ramble, but that's the biggest thing, man. Things don't necessarily always come like that. It does for some people, but it doesn't always just because it doesn't, doesn't mean that you're not able to. And just because it does, doesn't mean you earned it and you're going to keep it. You know what I'm saying? And that's whether it's regarding music or anything, you know? Um, so if you believe in something, just do because you love it. And chances are, man, it's probably gonna work in your favor. It might just take some time. Don't get discouraged. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're probably loving the ride the whole way. Even when it sucks, you're loving the ride. You know? So I don't know if that was a good summation, but yeah, man. And go fucking catch this uh any of these remaining dates on this tour. If you hear this thing, man, come if you're in California, come through. Let's rock.
0: That's right. Everyone, the album Living Proof, check it out, order it. And it's on streaming and all that. Sam. Much love and respect.
2: Dude, thank you, Zach. All the love and respect, man. Yo, 185 South, man. Let's go. I'll catch you all soon, all right?
0: What's up, everyone? We are back and talking hardcore. Helping out. You know him. You love him. He is the best-dressed man on the pod. He is the undisputed 185 miles South trivia champion in the world. He is Daniel Sant. What's up, Dan?
1: I know you've got a little life in your left.
0: stop helping out? Six foot two, what you going to do? It is the Mighty Mighty Posy Chris. What's up, Chris? What's cracking? Thanks for having me again. What is going on? Okay, before we jump in to some newer stuff, I want to say a few things. Uh, first of all, last week I got my Torina Evil Eyes 12-inch EP in the mail. If you guys haven't got yours yet, get that. Days Records is also on CD for all you CD heads like Beg. Uh, also, there's a new Dead Heat up for pre-order, uh, Endless Torment. It is coming out on triple B. So handle business, get that. And also in time has a new 12 inch called save your breath Indecision records. Get that there. And Dan, you got an LP, uh, a re-release of the second Overminded body LP sink or swim. That is up for pre-order now. And if not soon, uh, indecision records.com. So handle business on that. Uh, also, uh, on this podcast, we've tracked down the origin story for Squirrel from Gate. We tracked down Stork from Die Hard. <laughs> I have two more that I want to do, and I am enlisting, I'm enlisting the listeners of 185 Miles South. Uh, we need all your resources. So I want to track down my two favorite misspellings in the history of hardcore and punk so we can get the the background stories for all of you. Uh, So, if anyone has any leads on contacts for Soldier out of Seattle, that's S O L G E R. Of course they are. uh, Out of Seattle, get at me. And uh, also a band called 5051 out of San Diego. Uh, These, (laughs) in my opinion, are the two best misspellings in the history of punk. I want to know the stories behind them and get it on the air for y'all. So uh, get at me, 185 at gmail.com if you have any info on either of these bands. Soldier out of Seattle, or 5051 out of San Diego. Not 5150, 5051. Yep, they got it wrong. Um, Okay, let's jump right in. Chris, you have been chomping at the bit to talk this since it came out. We're going to first talk the two-song digital EP that came out from a band called Night Fever out of copenhagen denmark they put out this ep called killing floor in april of 2023 these are two wild ass songs chris what do you think about these
3: i love it uh i've been maybe more excited to talk about the these two songs than anything we've ever talked about just because they're so wild and like the journey that it takes you on is is it's quite a journey it's a tolkien-esque journey um so first off, I want to say this is one that the Spotify algorithm served up for me. They've been a band for a long time. I want to say like 10 years at least. Um, But I hadn't heard of them. And like Spotify makes these playlists that are like, you know, I don't know stuff you might like based on the other stuff that you listen to. And some of it's hit and miss, but this was the first song on this playlist that I, and I gave it a whirl and I was like, Whoa, what's this band? And so it, let me like set the stage here like it's two songs and the first song um killing floor it busts in with these with these ring outs and like a fast beat right and like guitar ring out and there's this walking bass in the background and you're like, okay, all right and then this guitar lead comes over the top a little bit tasteful and then the the temple picks up and when the temple picks up this tasteful guitar lead just goes, shredding right like the solo continues to rip and the, the tempo is like a total like poison idea vibe Um, just shredding and you think you know like what's going on you're like alright this is my new favorite like poison I- idea vibe band and then the solo ends on a squeal and the beat just breaks and this Rob Halford-esque voice comes ripping over the top singing it's about to get ugly in here and it's and the way that he sings. I won't even try to do it. Cause I can't do it justice. <laughs> it's just balls to the wall. Right? Like he really, this, this vocalist just lets it, lets it fly. Right. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> what am I in for here? And then like the rest of the songs, just blazing, blazing. There's a lot of like thrash influences here. Um, but just a lot of like blazing fast, hardcore influences. Um, there's stuff in here that reminds me of like Youth of Today. There's stuff in here that reminds me of like RKL. There's stuff in here that reminds me of like Exodus. And this should not work well together when you throw these things in a pot. Um, but it's so sick and I love it so much. Um, the first song is, in my, in my opinion, like, like, significantly better than the second one. Uh the second one is great. It's still a ripping hardcore song, but like I think that the difference on this song is like the first song the vocalist really like like I said like lets it fly like Rob Halford style and the second t- song is a little bit more of a traditional like hardcore high register uh vocals. It's still really good, but I think this band becomes special When the vocalist's band is just like, I don't know, like has a leather uh, police officer, you know, know those like police leather police officer hats or whatever they're called. (laughs) Um, And like a studded leather vest. I don't know. I just picture it because that's like what he's vibing. And then (laughs) the chorus now, this is, this is what he says now go off the rails step out of line, raise some hell, which is such a sick line too. <laughs> um, and last thing I'll say before kicking to you guys, like the, the vocals on this really make it like special. And it just, there, there's a, there's a part on the bridge where his voice starts to get really high, like high notes. And you're thinking like, okay, that was a pretty high note. That's probably going to be the highest he goes. And then he just continues to go higher. And you're like, damn, this is like some Johann Sebastian Bach level like range. Um, I don't know. I love it. This is sick. You got to listen to it. I, I hit up a couple people that like a lot of these influences. And my kind of standard thing to them was like, hey, I love this. I don't know if you'll like it because it may be channeling too much of like st- – I think we talked about this when we talked about um, – Violet Spirit about how, um, when something's channeling like a bunch of different things that you love individually, and, and sometimes it can not work together, but I think this does, and I love
0: it. Chris, are you seeing this guy could have stepped in and sang for Democracy? <laughs> I, this, those vocals could probably step in and sing for the Misfits if he wanted to, or whoever.
3: Yeah. This Ignite. is wild.
0: Yeah. Chris said that they've been around for at least a decade. They put out an LP in 2009. And one thing that's so sick is the picture on like the 2009 LP and this picture that they put up with the digital EP, like the dude looks exactly the same, like shirt off with wearing gloves, making the same singing pose. It's like, (laughs) it's just (laughs) 14 years later, same dude, just more grown and going for it way more. Uh, Chris did a great job of explaining this. Like this is wild and unhinged. It's, it reminds me a lot of RKL less in like the riffage more so in just like the vibe of like fully going for it, like pedal on the metal and just like ripping as hard as you possibly can without being like heavy metal, like without falling into like heavy metal tropes. It's still like, you know, hardcore punk, like true and true, you know, through and through. Um, but yeah, it's wild. And it's funny that Chris is like discounting the second song because it's also out of control. And if you heard it by itself, you'd be like, what is this wild shit? But, uh, it's true. Like the way the singer comes in and goes for it on the first song, it's one of those things where like the first time you hear it, you're just going to be like, what the fuck is happening? You know, and he the, sets more the bar th- super high. Yeah. And the, well, the more you listen to it, like it, it sounds like ridiculous the first time. And then like the more you listen to it, you're like, dude, this is ridiculously awesome. Uh, It's, it's killer. Dan, what's your take on this?
1: (laughs) So the first time I listened to it, I said, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Then the second time I was like, Oh my God, this is just too wild for me. And then by like the fourth or fifth time, I'm like, this rips. (laughs) It, it, is an acquired taste because it is so abrasively strange one thing i want to pick up on is chris said the vocals are just like Johann sebastian bach i i want to know what Johann like the composer's vocals are like i know you meant sebastian bach from skid row but i uh-huh. i it, it cracked me up that i was like thinking of like some old man in the 1600s like just going wow you never heard Uh, johan's solo project it's lit (laughs) it's the harpsichord just going fucking ape shit um it's really it's really wild that's the best description for it and it is so high energy that it's infectious like the recording's great the energy just wins you over even if you're not ready for like the level of like Vo- you know vocal like anarchy that's going on in this song um <laughs> the the energy and the recording and the drums and everything it just wins you over
0: yeah and two songs is like the perfect amount right for this to like wet your palate you know yeah. like and then maybe next time if they do like four songs or something i don't know if i could handle like 12 songs of this like i might just like throw myself off a bridge
1: yeah for you know? real but for I two think- songs
0: it's so sick I think the the way that I
3: my very first impression of it and I think how I described it to you guys when I first listened to it was if uni- if uh what was what is something like if ignite had a similar kind of uh staring into the sun um level like if ignite had a after call on my brothers they wrote a staring into the sun level like glam direction but they refuse to also be like just a ripping shredding hardcore band
0: yeah and and i would say it's like if 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 like rkl was on tour in europe in like 87 and they just plucked zoli like you know out of wherever he was working at that time you know and they're just like all right here go for it you know and just gave him a bunch of speed and uh <laughs> that's what this would sound like it's so wild um, i heard they're sick live too Dude, how can they not be? Can you imagine listening to this, and then you go see them live, and they just stand there? <laughs> wild. All right, let's jump into the next thing. Uh, the band Rat Cage out of the UK. Dan, do you know what city? Sheffield. Out of Sheffield, Rat Cage. Out of Sheffield, they put out the second LP, I believe, uh, called Savage Visions. It just came out, 2023. La Vida Es Un Mus. And uh, yeah, Dan, you loved the last LP. How do you feel this one stands up to that one?
1: Yeah, the last LP Screams from the Cage was more on the straight up like discharge with big, uh, breakdowns, like very, um, discharge meets like quality NYHC to an extent. This one has gone more like, it's really weird because there's riffs on this that sound like almost black metal. There's riffs on this that sound like the subhumans and there's riffs on this that sound like like could be street punk boot stuff. You know, there's always an element of boot throughout all of their music, like from the first LP to the two EPs to this. There is like some serious like UK boot in there, but um this one has some really wild differences in the riffs. Um it is less brutal on the vocals as the first lp it's a lot more in that pocket of like it being really punk on this one and i mean some of the songs on this are just so good that and the samples just enhance it i love the very beginning where they almost do like a john cooper cut like i believe it must be cuz this is like a one person band kind of like how uh violent reaction was when they started or uh, rated X. Um, so I assume it's the singer, um, doing the like John Cooper Clark, like little spoken word intro into the first song. And it, it just sets the stage perfectly about 2023. The rich are trying to get richer and they are literally stepping on the throat of the poor and the working class. And then, um, this whole thing kind of goes through thematically through visits that on most of the songs. Uh, the we we got the song changed from a fiver early on like digital. Like that was one of the songs that they previewed and oh my God, that song's amazing. And I mean, it just addresses the cost of living crisis that we're all in right now that, you know, I would love to go out and spend, you know, buy dinner or buy lunch and actually get changed back, you know, from five quid, but it, it's not happening. My favorite songs on it are IDC, that song about, I don't care spitting on the ceiling. That song is epic. Um, and change from a fiver. And then, um, the song through the darkness. When I said like something sounds like almost black metal, the guitar work on that is like, it's almost doing like a Middle Eastern style riff, but delivered in a, in a very black metal manner, but while still being just a raging, ripping hardcore punk song. I don't know. It's, I think it's a really, really great LP. Um, it's just about the right length. I think if it had two more songs, it would be too, too, you know, it would be too much. Um, and I think all the song lengths are pretty good. Um I, I I I'm really psyched on it. I pre-ordered the vinyl. I can't wait for it. Um they knocked it out the park again. Like and La Vida SM Muse, like, do they miss? I don't know. Like just so good. I, I'm I'm really, really psyched on this. What do you think?
0: I think that they have one of the best hardcore band names of all time. Like Ratcage. Good God, how cool is that? Like it, it's yeah. cool to begin with and then I love the idea of, like, throwbacks, you know? So, like, there was that early 80s New York hardcore label called Rat Cage, you know, to put out Victim in Pain. Yep. Also Crucial T, the first BC Boys 7-inch. So that's sick. Um, I think it's sick that they did a second LP, you know? Um, the way it starts with that, like, 11-second song is pretty ill, and then right into the poem. Um, I dig the poem, dude. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out uh, Pat Dubar. Shout out ARAM. Shout out (laughs) Lucy. Shout out Sylvia Platts. Shout out Robert Frost. Shout out John Keats. Shout Um, out Nas. There you go. Everyone keeping it real. And uh, yeah, that's cool. I think that Change from a Fiverr is my favorite song on the record. Uh, It's just a killer mid-tempo banger. Yeah. And then uh, my favorite is expensive bombs uh, of the fast songs that aren't mid-tempo bangers. Like uh, I love like the cutouts like before the fast verses, it's just such a trope that I love. And, uh, I love how it goes like straight into the breakdown without any buildup. Like just when a breakdown hits you like that, like, uh, you know, kind of like judge when it goes right into, you've lost my respect. I love yeah. that sometimes. Like don't always make a build up in your breakdown. Uh, and then lastly, the last song, nothing sacred anymore. Uh, little bit of channeling, violent spirit maybe, or uh, a yeah. little bit of tragedy. um, because, like, you know, it's a little bit of melody in the D-beat. So that Violent oh. Spirit 7-inch from a couple years ago, good good God, man. It's, like, one of my favorite things ever, you know?
1: Yeah, uh, and, it, and it has that Moog part on it. Yeah, it's sick. Um,
0: now it's time for me to be uh, Critical Chris or, uh, you know, Derisive Dan. Discerning um, Dan. Discerning Dan. There you go. Uh, I hate how the drums sound on this thing. Um, it just sounds so like studioed out. And for like a, a band playing like a raw style of hardcore, I think that like the drums need to sound like they're you know real and like you know have that live feel. And just if you listen to like how they sound on the last record, like listen to the beginning of that song, like charge them with murder and then listen to this, like the drums on the last record to sound a thousand times better. Um, it just it strips like a, a giant element of rawness out of this record. And, and just kind of makes it seem like it's like a, you know, it's just a studio project, you know, and, and it's a shame. Cause I, I do think that that's like, you know, I don't think it works for the style, like not having like that raw drum sound. So I think it's sick someone crafting something like that's, you know, this good by themselves. But I just think that like, you got to go do the drums, like in a, in a real room, you know, like where you're. Miking with like the, uh, the acoustics and all that, but that's my nitpicking asshole self. So, uh, otherwise this record is, it's a killer effort and to do two LPs of like straightforward roots, hardcore music is like impressive. It's gnarly to be able to write that many good songs. So, uh, respect Chris, what's your take?
3: Uh, let's start with the album art (laughs) because it's pretty awesome. Uh, savage visions is the name of the record. And, uh, there's some, savagery and, and uh, an eyeball on it so there's flames going into a rifle scope which has a eyeball in the rifle scope and then there's more flames and then the eyeball has some flames and then in the middle of the eyeball like the iris or whatever there's a mushroom cloud savage
0: damn <laughs> damn
3: uh I, yeah, I like this a lot. I think it rips. Um, Dan mentioned the vocals being a little less, uh, I can't remember the word he said, uh, a little less... In- brutal. Obscene. Yeah, a little less brutal. And I think, I, I really like that. I think it makes it a little bit more palatable than the last record. Uh, last record was great, super raw, but I feel like this one comes off a little bit more memorable and anthemic uh, because of the vocals. Um. I also change from Fiverr is my favorite as well. So we're unanimous on that. Uh, Maybe once I get a chance to listen to it a few more times, something else will pop out to that level. But like when that single dropped, it was just like so next level and got me so hyped for this. And uh, it's just a raging, like great song. Raging, I guess, but not like raging fast. Like Zach said, it's it's more mid-tempo, angry beat but like the way the vocals bounce over the beat is so boot, but not even like, not like shaved head boot, like more like charged blue hair boot. (laughs) And I think Dan touched on that a little bit when he said like subhumans. Uh, but yeah, this is a little bit more street punk, but not like, you know, not like cheesy street punk, like real, you know, fighting music. And, uh, like the solo on the song too is, is really, uh, I don't know. It just makes me want to put on a leather jacket and circle pit with the homies. Uh, Other thing that I want to call out, like when you look at all, it's only 11 tracks, but when you look at them all, like on streaming, it looks like a lot. I think because a lot of bands usually stay around like the eight or so range, but I I didn't feel like it felt long when I listened to it. It it moves really fast. So um, that's pretty sick. But yeah, I like this a lot. Sheffield, England, does it again. Shout out to Ian, Dead and Gone,
1: Steel City. It's it's interesting because I feel like you know, just commenting on what you just said, Chris. It's like the first one was very discharge UK eighty two influence with with the brand of hardcore this band plays, and then this one is more like the other side of UK eighty two, like the GBH and the and the exploited side. Like that's more on the punk lane. Yeah, I feel that.
0: I think it all sounds pretty D beat. Um, okay, let's go on to Ends of Sanity. They put out a record called Eligible to Die May 31st out on Days Records. It's uh, digitally out right now. They're doing a CD on the way, and I hope this gets uh, pressed to vinyl because, uh, yeah, this is up there with the Torina 12 inch for my favorite uh, heavy record of the year so far. Uh, it's only four songs with the outro. And this is like my favorite style of hardcore, you know, um, the hard style that still has like roots, hardcore influence. Um, it's heavy, but all songs are under three minutes and all songs like keep you on your feet bouncing around. Uh, they all have like huge moments in each song and, uh, the gang sound huge and they sound like, you know, Strife one truth or something gnarly, um, jumping right into it. Uh, first song eligible to die that ring out on the guitar when the double kick is going like it's just super marauder or 100 demons like i love it it's one of my favorite things um and then i will do a uh a Posy chris trope here and call out a timestamp at 211 in that song when everything cuts out except for the drums and he's like jamming around that is so candiria it's so sick like that's just like a straight candiria part which is ill because like i never really hear that band mentioned too much uh these days but those first two Candyria CDs are so good. Um, I love them. We've talked them on the pod, so uh, you all know what's up. The next song, "C3U," it's a uh, it's a fast song, which is so important for like bands like this, in my opinion. Like keep it fast. You know, it makes like the hard parts even harder to have like that dynamic of fast to slow. Uh, huge backups on this song, and then uh, a life a lie. That first riff is like so marauder. And then again, they come with like a fast first killer song. But uh I want to get into the song Last rites Like this to me is a contender for like Song of the Year. Um, you know, we're halfway through the year, and uh it's pretty wild when I think about like what my songs of the year are, you know, it's like this song, and then uh that's sp- that speed plan song, Make Them Watch, and then that street sweeper song, mom, I Can't Do No Time. Like I'm all over the place, but good God, man, like this is so good. It's like it's it's like a perfect like metal hardcore song. It's like one of those songs so good that when you listen to it the first time, like it feels like so familiar that like it almost sounds like it's a cover or something like, Oh, is that like a, you know, like a random track that I don't listen to enough off like the third Marauder record or some shit, you know, it's like that, that hidden gem track. Um, and actually I reached out to these dudes. I was like, yo, is that a cover? Cause it sounds so familiar. And they're like, no, it wasn't. You know, so respect. Like,
1: fuck you. Respect. <laughs> no, uh, Did they
0: say it in that voice? Yeah, totally. They're like, "Oh, fuck you." No. It's like I'm. I'm curious because, like, it sounds wild. Um, that chorus is so catchy. That watch you die a thousand times. Like, it is literally like a, a missing song of Master Killer. It's so sick. And then that riff coming out of the second chorus, is insane. And uh the only thing they could have done to make this song better is like. God, if they just did a little lead on the second half of that riff, like life is pain, it would have been so sick. But uh yes, yeah, ill. And then they do like that big last rights part into like a gnarly breakdown, and then they like double down with the even gnarlier, like that little triplet breakdown riff part. Good God, man, out of this world, and then they do an intro or an outro that could have been an intro or whatever, fade to static out. This is absolutely insane and awesome and everything i like in like modern hardcore so yeah everyone check it out uh in eligible to die dan what did you think about this
1: so i'm going to give you a little timestamp too on eligible to die at minute i mean at seconds <laughs> at 15 seconds like the riff drops out or everything drops out and the drummer just goes and then it comes back in and it's almost like ding ding round one you're like it comes back in it's just so good um first time i listened to this i thought yeah this is good this good you know beat down-esque core like second and then um as the song progressed and it got to the gang vocals i was like oh this has something special like these gang vocals are so crafted and so brilliantly recorded they're like the star of the show. Like they're perfectly, like they're not overdoing it. They're just dropping them in perfectly and they sound epic, like huge, but it just, I don't know. I can't, I can't gush about them enough. They sound awesome. What also I love about this band is that the singer, it's the hard style, but his vocals are extremely like audible like they're they're sitting in the perfect um volume over the music but he is completely legible like you can hear every word um even though he's singing in a hard style it's not like just so gruff that you can't really follow along it like you it 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 pulls you in and it's very uh catchy and then um each song gives you something a little bit different while still being cut from the same cloth. Um, it's it's a really good listen, and it it's over in like twelve minutes, and you you're like, oh, I could do two or three more songs, please. You know, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, those gangs are so good. And then we should also just mention the drumming is oh, great.
1: In it, it's like chops on chops on chops for that drummer.
0: Yeah. Is, is this is some of the best like hardcore drumming there is right now? So ill, Chris. What did you think about this?
1: Uh, first,
3: I Zach, when you called out the timestamp for two eleven, it's unfortunate that you didn't hit three eleven, like the stamp on on Ridge's back. He's got a three eleven tramp stamp tattoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, Ridge from Painted of Truth. Uh, Likes question. And members of Magnitude, some other bands. Uh yeah, this is this is sick. Uh the first record, uh the homie Nick from New Morality Zine put it out, uh, really strong record, but this is like next level. Like the songwriting is fantastic on this. It there's some really cool parts throughout. The recording is like like top notch. Um Zach mentioned uh, some mar- a lot of Marauder in it, which I agree with but there's also like, it's a lot of hate breed in it, I think. Uh, and maybe it's just because it sounds so good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is killer. Uh, last rights I was going to touch on, but Zach kind of went through that and, and crushed it. I think, uh, what's the song? Uh, a life, a lie is another like hit to the song right before last rights. Um, it's like a faster beat, but not quite a full-on fast beat. And then like there's this transition to the chorus that has excessive double bass, uh, but it works really well. And then the chorus tempo is just like super hard. And the cadence of the vocals are over that's also super sick. Um, and then there's like this bridge to the The end of the song is weird because it's like it's like a bridge to a breakdown and then pick yourself back up are the vocals twice. And then the part coming out of it has like, I don't even know what to call it because I don't listen to like a ton of metal. And this is certainly like a metal thing. But there's like chugs with little two note slide slide ups. Um and then they come out of that into I guess it's like a slowish break down, but it's not like a mosh, it's not like a real hard mosh part. It's more like know, that mosh part that it's like kind of slow and you would see people start doing like the thing where they're like, they have their two hands kind of like, and one's kind of floor punching to the, it's almost like a floor punch, but more like a, like a, I don't know. I just see like, I, I see like a Gilman show, like people starting to open the pit up this way. And then that part's really long and the drums are just doing some crazy stuff over it. And then The part after it is like the hard posh part. It's so hard, but it's like super short compared to the other thing. And like the formula for this song is just really cool. And then the outro, like this is uh, just genius like beat up your friends music. Um, There's like this really long pregnant pause in the middle of it before like the final breakdown. Um, And then the breakdown is just like channeling Strife like lots on one note,
1: but yeah, well, this is dope. What's great about their breakdowns on this stuff. It, it, for being this like hard style beat down genre, they don't rely on the, dun, 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 you know, like the full on just beat down, like, dun, 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 light like breaks. They, they have lots of variety on the breaks and it's, it's super cool. Yeah. They bounce around a lot. Like there's lots of,
0: they're in and out of stuff is, very keep you on your feet. And we should also mention one of the best things about this is they don't do that trope where they put a chill-ass sample on the end of uh, <laughs> of the song. They don't put like a, a solo reggae or an oldie song on the end. So uh, respect the ends of sanity for uh, breaking the pattern. Much love because uh, that is the most played out worst trope in hardcore other than that straight-up needle dick bullshit of posers punching the crowd from the stage. That's the worst. The second worst is the chill sample.
1: You are already at your end of your sanity.
0: (laughs) That's right. Both those things drive me off the edge. Okay, let's move on and talk. A band called Ballistic Axe, uh, Ballistic Axe of Terror cassette, uh, came out on designated Mosher's unit. I do not know where this band is from, um, but they kick so much ass. Dan, what was your
1: take on this? Yeah, it, it rips. It's um fast, aggressive, recorded well. Um again another band that has a thematic sound but mix up uh from song to song to keep you on your toes and also um one song rolls into the next really well. The sequencing on this record is very good. Um I I like a lot of their The fast parts are cool, but they really set up when they do a break in tempo and like either do a full breakdown or they go to a different tempoed part. That's when the band really stands out, I feel, when they go to mid tempo or the breakdowns. Um, not because, not because the fast parts aren't good. The fast parts are great, but they, the fast parts are the, are the layer that allows the other, moments of their songs to shine I feel and the vocals are really great um they sit in the perfect spot with this kind of music and and it it's um something that I had never heard of this band before uh, this being like served up to for us to listen to and review and I I found it um a really nice surprise and it is the kind of LP that y- You know, I've been listening to this a lot, like doing my hikes in the woods with my pup, and like once this LP starts, you know, I'm I'm just stomping along with it, and by the like, what is there nine songs or ten? Two, four, six, eight. Okay, eight. Yeah, I'm like, what? This is already over. Like, so, and you just want a bit more. So that that's probably the best compliment you can give anything is that. You wish there were a couple more songs. Yeah, I think it's a demo.
0: Um, but I could be wrong because okay. people are calling EPs demos and demos EPs and digital things LPs. Who knows? Well,
1: I only know EPs. it from the 185 June MASH playlist. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, so this thing's like eight songs
0: and it's mostly fast ass scissor beat shit. So yeah. like it reminds me so much of like that first striking distance seven inch, which is why I love it so much. Uh, those first two songs, like, straight up could have been plucked off that. Um, like, that first song is 31 seconds. And it's, like, it's scissor beat, verse, and then, like, Blazing Wild Man is is so good. It's, it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, verse, out, you know? And, like, the second song is 49 seconds. It has a little bit of, like, a cymbal build-up intro, and then it's just scissor verse, catchy chorus, scissor verse, catchy chorus, breakdown, out. You know what I mean? It's like so ill. And those first two songs are just scissor beat. And the third song, they go a little longer. It's one of their opuses. They do a minute, 22 seconds. <laughs> uh, this time they just do straight double time. And so like, it's a nice change up, right? After doing the scissor beat, like the super fast beat for the first two songs. And now they just do a straight hardcore fast beat, uh, which is a nice little change. And then that fourth song, Make It Stop, is just like a straight up infest-ass in song, you know? Um starting with like the drum fill into the scissor beat never understand. They do the mid table banger and then uh, fight That's back so another scissor. And then, uh, so I disagree with Dan in the way he's, he wants more. I actually think this thing would have been like near perfect if they would have just cut it at the end of fight back. I think it goes two songs too long.
1: Well, um, I I'll, I'll agree with you there, Zach, the, the song ballistic acts. Yeah. Th- now i was saying i love when they change the tempos that song doesn't work for me
0: right it's like they're they're doing like a slow guy spooky song you know and it's like that's a song you save it for your lp and put it in like the last song slot you know what i mean on the demo i don't know now this is like one of those like shitty like dinosaur things for us to say though dan right because like there's a good chance that this is like a bunch of young dudes that are just like having fun and making music and want to put songs on a record Right, and we're like, well, you know, actually, it would have been a top five demo of 2023 if they would have shaved off three minutes (laughs) and two songs. You know, I mean, it's like, it's like up the punks, dude. Like, fuck it, just do what you want to do, right? But like, of course,
1: but but the but the thing is, we are like giving our opinion to like, I think this, you know, I loved this, but this could be slightly improved. I definitely wouldn't want to lose the last song though, side side to side. See, I I don't love that song.
0: I don't love that song either. I think the singing gets like a little repetitive. And I think this band's at its best when like they're just in and out. Like, I don't know. I think that if you cut those last two songs, this thing is like near perfect, fast, hardcore demo, like, and right up there with like my other favorite fast stuff of the year, you know? So I don't know. It still is right. It's like, we're in a digital era and the two songs that I don't love are last, which is great. You know, plus I'm not buying a tape through the mail. (laughs) <laughs> so like, I'm going to listen to this on digital. Anyway, it could be as long or as short as I want it to be.
1: You know what I mean? Exactly. But, uh, Cause you can make your own playlist with it.
0: That's right. And I, I think it kicks ass. I hope that this band sticks around because like, seriously, like these first six songs are like some of my favorite shit of the year. So I want more. And like, they got a great, it's like the recording's perfect for it. The singer is like able to make like kind of like catchy choruses where like in this style, it's so hard to like have any sort of vocal hook. Um, so like, there's just so much good in this. Like, I, I love it. Chris, what's your take on this?
3: Yeah. I like it a lot too. Uh, Bandcamp says they're from Atlanta, Georgia, um, eight songs in eight minutes and 10 seconds. So I love that formula. Uh, this, when you look at Spotify, the fans also like section list collateral, which I really like that, uh, because this kind of reminds me a lot of that demo, which we talked on 185 miles South episode two Oh two. But I think we all unanimously love that demo as well. And and it's a similar formula. That's just like, I think when we talked about that too, we were also like, this reminds me of striking distance. Um, and that was one of the first things I thought about too, when I heard this is like, yeah, this is, he's got a little like, like the music formula is, is certainly in that like raw, fast, 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 hard, hard, hard. Um, but pissed off. And he certainly has some Dave bird in his vocals a little bit. Yeah. I really like this. I think this is a great demo. I think, um, I can't wait to hear what they do next.
1: I can't believe you didn't hit us with the timestamp of when we taught the collateral demo.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's a great compliment and that's Spotify, uh, Doing right by Chris because this demo and that collateral demo are probably my two favorite demos of the year. So, especially like in this style, you know, like those are two awesome pieces of music. Um, okay. Th- I think, yeah, this is the last thing we're going to talk of the newer stuff. We're going to talk of the buggin' LP. Concrete Cowboys came out on Flat Spot Records uh, this month, I believe, in uh, June or possibly May. 12 songs 19 minutes dan you want to talk this one because you dug it
1: yeah this thing rips it's so fun like a lot of the time when a band does something that is fun within hardcore it's a whiff you know what i mean it's like oh that just ends up being silly but this this record is is ripping it it's coming at it with, like, not taking itself too seriously, but also talking about some serious topics from time to time. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, they have a song called Snack Run, which is about going to the bodega and getting all your treats. RIP my old lifestyle. (laughs) So I'll have to live vicariously through that jam for now. Um, I really like it. I love how bouncy it is. It's giving you a little bit of, I, I won't say it's given you. Don't forget the struggle. It's given you the bands that wanted to sound like Don't Forget the Struggle. So it's given you a little bit of mental. It's given you some um, token entry, and it's just fast and ripping. I mean, there's a song on here called called Poser Bulldozer <laughs> that rules. Um, the vocalist they have such an awesome, uh, ability to go fast, deliver really fast vocals. And then, um, there's some really good, um, guest spots on here. Like, and you know, there are a couple things that I absolutely loved. Now there's one thing on here that I thought was so awesome to go slightly into the trope that zach hates but very only do it as a, this tiniest little nod um the song i think it's yeah the song not yours it starts with wilson pickett going one two three from land of a thousand dances but then it just it's one two three just from the start of that and goes straight into the song and i loved that that, that was sick. such a damn. that's not like the trope at all that was cool no but you know what i mean it's like it's like playing something from the soul world, but then doing it in such a rad way. Um, and I, 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 as much as, you know, that trope is overdone. I still, I still sometimes enjoy it because uh, it's cool. But my favorite jams on this, I really love the song hard to kill. I think that song just rips redacted is like, like their version of, of like step down almost like it's there like you know how sick of it all do the the street punk jammer that's like total sing along like that song's got it um there is one song i think i'm um, my notes uh, are somewhat illegible on this part right now but it there's a song that there's like almost a um extremely tuneful uh guest vocal part that the first time I heard it, I was like, Oh, I don't know about this. Second time I listened to the LP, I was like, Oh, this sounds so good. And you know what? The perfect split that this band should do a split with ill communication. they both got like some cool, like bouncy hip hop influence. They both love a bit of melody. They both enjoy like an awesome, catchy mosh part. I think they would go so well together. Um, this is a great LP it's really fun that is the the thing I want to like leave this you know talking about this with is that it's really fun and it is a great listen and um I think it gets better as it goes along like from track like from Poser Bulldozer on I think the LP gets stronger and stronger um so that's uh if this was a side a side b i'd be going side b i'm sure
0: i think that uh the ill communication comparison is pretty good because i think that yeah they both like can do some serious stuff and they both can do some like fun stuff uh both have good lyrics in parts and uh and both like records are sequenced really well so like they're both really palatable LPs that it's like easy to put it on and listen to the whole thing. Like there's no skippers really. And the thing is better as a sum of all parts. Um, yeah, I mean like this thing just takes you on a little fun journey and generally I don't like fun music at all. I can't really think of anything fun that I like music wise. (laughs) Um, and I don't really love the fun stuff on here if I'm being completely honest, although it is kind of sick, like snack run, it has its like appeal, right? Like it's a, You know, them doing like a Murphy's Law type thing, right? Yeah, Like panty Raid or something. Like it's silly and fun. Um, Yeah, that alt rock riff on Hard to Kill. I was like, oof, here we go, you know? But then like it's just a hardcore song. It was cool. Um, Concrete Cowboys, low-key love song. That's pretty sick. Not too many love songs in hardcore. Shout out to uh, Aaron from Death Threat that did it really nicely. And uh, I think this song might be another one of those. I wanna say on the song Kick Rocks, I think that they actually really do that scissor beat style well. Like a lot of bands like do it and they it'll be like a throwaway track, but I think like their scissor beat song, like when they're really fast, like they actually nail it really well. And the singer does a great job, like they just sound good over the top of this. Yeah. Like they do a they do a killer job. And uh yeah, Dan, you like the singing on that song Youth. I think it's terrible. It's some of the worst <laughs> stuff i've ever heard in the history of music but fuck it you know it's like take a chance on your last track that's cool like whatever and again it's your band do whatever the fuck you want um the get it out song is a bouncy track and and that is like one that's like kind of fun that i actually think is like pretty sick you know like it's your time your time to shine bust a move or hit a dive it doesn't matter who you are get in the pit just go hard like i think that that I love like rhymes when they're not like on the nose rhymes, but like rhyming R with hard. Yeah. Like, it's sick. Like they do a great job of, of like just vibing on that part. Like it's great. Also, just want to shout out to uh, Corey Williams because a poser bulldozer uh, in his band Absolute Madness, they had a song called Poser Disposer. We don't forget. And uh, <laughs> that's sick. But I don't, yeah, it's super sick. Yeah, I think this is a great record in the way that, like, it's palatable. It's easy to listen to. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can give in 2023 hardcore. You know, like, where so many people are looking for, like, that singular viral moment or, like, you're just looking for, like, one hot song or this or that. Like, to be able to put out an LP and have, like, people be able to listen to it and not want to skip tracks. I think that's sick. So, uh, killer job here. And also, we should mention that they're uh, their song on the flat spot comp that came out earlier in the year i think it came out in january it's it's in the running for best comp song of the year and one of the best riffs of the year on there so uh in my list it's on there so uh yeah chris what do you think about this
3: i love that this band's uh getting some steam uh a lot of a lot of fast which is always good but i think what this band really and i think we talked about this when we talked about that comp actually but like i think this band's sweet spot and where they thrive is the mid tempo or like the kind of skipping beats or breakdown stuff. Um, But they use the fast parts to set up those tempos so well. And I think without the fast parts, it wouldn't be nearly as dynamic a listen. And so just, I don't know. I love the way they, even though the fast isn't there. um, I it's, it's not what kids are coming for. I don't think, I think it's the breakdowns and stuff like that, but like the way they use the fast to set up those breakdowns, uh, is really tasteful and it, and it really makes it dynamic vocals on this. The singer's voice has so much toed on it. Like it, they're just dripping with attitude and like the cadence that they use is so on point. Um, the vocal sounds super crisp on the record. The guitar player, or whoever writes the, the riffs for this band, I assume it's a guitar player write some, they, they sound kind of at surface level, pretty straightforward. But like, if you try to play along to them or if you like really listen to them, there's a lot of like little variations that make these seemingly straightforward riffs, like actually pretty deceptively complex. And I, and I think that's cool. Like it doesn't come across complex when you listen to it. Um, and it's probably a lot because of the tempo and the beat, but um I don't know. There's a lot of, of uh, deceptive complexity to the riffs and I think that's pretty cool. I still haven't seen this band live, uh, which is a bummer because like all the live footage I've seen on Instagram or whatever, always looks like they're super sick live. And I don't know. I hope I get to someday, but yeah, cool band. Awesome release. Glad that they're continuing to bang it out.
0: Yeah, another good band out of Chicago, right? Because that sector record from last year is one of my favorite records. So uh, super sick, and I I like that you mentioned Chris. Like the fast parts aren't really the backbone of this band. Like I wouldn't call them a a fast band, but I like that they work it in a lot. as like one of their things they go to to change things up, right? Like they're just not a mid tempo band. They're not just a bounce band. They're not just a fast band. They really change it up and. And it's good modern hardcore. Also, the last thing I want to mention before we get out of here is we've talked about like the fun lyrics and stuff, but should say that uh, the singer of this band like has really good lyrics on "Not Yours," you know. So like that's not unnoticed. And uh, when they want to go there, they really kill it, you know. So I think that's that's sick to uh, not have it all be fun. And you know, if there's something you're serious about, like lay it down. You know, so respect on that, and uh, yeah,
3: I'll add one thing: the split I want to see is Buggin' and Bayway because you know both these bands love the bodega. <laughs>
0: dude, <laughs> do it straight up. Split seven inch, Buggin' and uh, Bayway, the Bodega split. The Bodega. Oh sessions. my god, that
1: would be Past so happened. sick! And if People the split it. release show was at a bodega,
0: dude. That's what's up. It has to happen, dude. Bug in when you
1: get when you get moshed out the door, it goes ding ding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Make it happen, someone. Flat spot uh days mashup. Let's do it.
2: The fight lasts for hours, each ram battering the other dozens of times.
3: head to head
0: All right, we are going to go head to head two of my favorite records of the early 2000s. We're talking Hundred Demons self-titled LP it came out 2004 on Deathwish Inc going up against the other powerhouse Hundred Demons in the Eyes of the Lord it came out in the year 2000 on Good Life Recordings out of Belgium. Dude, this is a powerhouse mashup. Um, matchup, my bad. I got mashup in my head from listening to this, this fucking playlist too much. Um, but yeah, this is wild. How did you guys feel about this matchup going into it, Dan? Did you think, were you biased towards one of these or the other? Or did you like these both kind of equally when you're thinking about it?
1: Um, So I came to appreciate this band much later in life. Um. We toured with them in Europe and they it was so funny because we didn't tour with them. We toured Europe but because Avocado booked us and them, they put us together on on many a, a date. And you know, it was the funny thing, we we play Belgium and some guy who's a hundred D you could I mean, just look at the kid. He was like dressed like I worship hot the hard style like you know what he looks like in your mind right now he comes up to me he's like a belgium dude and he goes i when i saw you were playing this i thought oh my god this is shit but for posse shit you were not bad i'm like Th- thank you <laughs> 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 um but it was so funny, like, every time we would get to a venue, 100 Demons had beaten us there, and they had just wiped out all the food. <laughs> and so we were all, we were always, like, telling our tour driver, Yurun, we were like, get faster, get there first. We need to get a sandwich before 100 Demons takes us out. <laughs> um, but going into this, like, I only, I started appreciating these records a lot more in the, like, 2008 2009 2010 period so i didn't like get deep on them at the time and going into this i i was already thinking like i enjoy them both but for me there's one that stands far above and i i tried to question that um but it's it, it still one well lay it out dan okay um in the eyes of the lord like just imagine right now if a band came out like we talk new music all the time and we we always love when there's some super creative songwriting that comes out and we're just like oh my god or like oh the way they do this lyrically and it has all the tricks or the bells and whistles that just catch you and pull you in. Imagine if a band came out right now and it opened with, you know who I love? Nobody. You know who I trust? Nobody. Like we'd be like, I am a believer. This is the best new band around. Like you'd be so good. And then just if it broke and it just went, we are forsaken you'd be like just fucking yes um so what i love about um in the eyes of the lord lp is how much pain and open like ripped open chest like ability to discuss mental health and feeling alone and feeling shunned in, like, it, while still being such an aggressive, like, the world has been hard, so I'm gonna be harder type vibe. It's a really open emoti- emotion, like, like, theme running throughout the record. It's, it's, um, all about life being extremely tough and, it's uh, that registers with me, uh, Forsaken Into Suffer. I just what a one two punch to open an LP. Now, the 100 demon self titled record from 2004, the only thing that I, I think it's recorded better, um, the recording is better. But musically, it's channeling a little bit of that, like, kind of inflames Swedish metal in into being still a very northeast USA hard style band. Um and the vocals sound amazing on it. Like his voice is is so large and cuts through and then does so many interesting, strange things to, you know, the same way that we love Aaron Death Threat because he um has the ability to do a few different things that shouldn't work on paper but then they pull you in that happens with pete on the uh, 100 demons self-titled to an to an extent but the vocalist on the first lp it just it just rides the music so well and then of course you've got an Aaron dt guest spot which sounds amazing especially when their vocals are going back and forth off of each other um but these are both incredible records like so we're going head to head i'm choosing in the eyes of the lord but i'd be happy listening to both of these on a on a day where i wanted to really jump into something self-loathing violent and tough and emotionally open and perfectly put together
0: yeah we should say that like this second singer for hundred demons, like he might be like the second greatest replacement singer, like in the history of rock and roll, like behind like Brian Johnson coming in for Bon Scott. Like (laughs) he just comes in and it's like, holy shit, this guy's great too. Like what sort of karma does this band have that they were able to like have two different vocalists and they're both fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like that's just insane. Like there's, there's no real fall off. Um, you know, it's, I guess it's personal preference. I'll say, you know, I've always been like a, you know, eyes of the Lord dude. And, you know, in the last like 10 years when I've been paying attention to like people talking about these records, I've seen a lot of people like the self-titled one more. And that's kind of why I wanted to do this to get your guys take. Um, I will say like, I agree with Dan, like the self-titled is recorded a lot better. Um, it's bigger, It's cleaner. Like, you get, like, you really get to, like, hear the riffing for, like, what it is. And, like, these guitarists are really good players. So that's sick. And, uh, yeah, and there's huge parts, right? Like, that that triplet mosh on the end of Time Bomb, <laughs> out of this world, right? Um, there is, like, some more melodic metal influence in this one, though. And, and I don't really like any melodic metal. Like, even at the gates, like... I've come to the realization after like 20 years of lying to myself that I maybe be like two songs. You know what I mean? Um, so like there is some of that and there is some of like the, you know, there's some stripper metal parts on here and I, I tread lightly cause like this dude looks like he'd rip my head off my neck, you know? So I will say that people love stripper metal and, uh, these parts like are done well for that. um, and like it's wild, like there's that one song with the clean singing verses, you know. And uh, but the final breakdown on that is so hard on repeat process. Also, like there's like good fast parts on this record, like Nonbeliever is like a straight up good fast song. I think His Father's Son is like one of the best like Hunter Demon songs. Um, it's so sick, like when it cuts out and you just get like that cut out chug part by itself, so fucking hard. And then like. I love when they bring it back at the end. You know what I mean? So sick. And then also they uh, they do a re-recording of uh, that "No Surrender" virtue, the "No Desert" virtus or whatever. Um, that was on a comp called "A Breed Apart" that came out in the year two thousand one. And uh, yeah, this version is so sick. Like this is like the the hardcore version of like a bolt thrower ass anthem. You know, like going to battle. So. That's ill. Like, this this record kicks ass, and it's, like, it's so modern-sounding. It's, like, insane thing that this thing is is 19 years old. You know what I mean? Because, like, think about, like, in the year 2000, something that's, like, 19 years old then. Like, compare something from 2000 to 1981. It's, like, a different fucking planet. You know what I mean? But, like, this is 2004, and it's, like, if it came out today, like, people would just be, like, fuck, yeah, dude. Like it would fit right in, so it's, it's so insane in that aspect. That said, well, Chris, why don't you jump in, and then I'll, I'll go on my analyze uh, in, in the eyes of the Lord rant. One hundred
3: and eighty-five miles south. Come for Dan's French, stay for Zach's Latin. <laughs> um, similar to Dan, I got in this band into this band a little bit late. Uh so um, the self-titled was. was the song that like i got into this band through um and so i kind of went into this exercise i I feel like in the eyes of the lord is the scripture record like that's that's the record that the people love um but i don't know something about just like the memories of listening to self-titled plus um the the recording being better, like not that in lies of the Lord is a bad recording, just that the self-titled is so good that it's like, you know, especially like Zach said for 2004. Um, And the other reason I think like some of the stuff, some of the stuff that I love most about this record are not necessarily the things that people Love, like, that 100 Demons is known for. I think when I think about 100 Demons, I think, you know, first and foremost about the lyrics that Dan talked about, how raw and open and honest and brutal and devastating they are. And that's like, that's special, right? In this, this thing we call hardcore. Like, when, when a vocalist is able to do that, um, with the proficiency that, that Bruce did, like, that made this record like cult status. Um, but like some of the, some of the stuff that Zach hates, like the, some of the melodic metal riffage and like, uh, you know, the singing parts on Time Bomb or Repeat Process. Um, those are just like things that I over the years have just gravitated to. And, and, uh, I'm gonna go with self titled on the strength of, of, Some of those things, like just how good the song sounds, how familiar, or sorry, how good the recording sounds, how familiar all these songs are, and um, influential for me at a time um, in my life. And you know, Destiny Never Came is on the Crush All Waits playlist, so that's, if there's a tie, that's a tiebreaker. (laughs) Um, One more thing. We, I... Excuse me, I also had the pleasure of touring with 100 Demons. Actually, sorry, two more things. Um, I also had the pleasure of touring with 100 Demons, and they were just awesome people, super stand up, uh, a lot of fun. The tour was just like the perfect mix because it was us, 100 Demons, Down to Nothing, and Outbreak. And like, if you know anything about Down to Nothing and Outbreak, and like touring with them is like touring with Gremlins. Like, if you ever seen the movie Gremlins, you know, once you get these little cute little creatures wet, down to nothing, an outbreak just turned into total animals who, like, anything that's not bolted down, they're throwing it. Anything that's not, you know, setting and stuff on fire. They're just, like, gr- human gremlins, right? And so, imagine a tour of, like, two bands of human gremlins just causing the most insane trouble. 100 Demons dudes just loving it and like but also being there um for uh you know support in case anything goes sideways (laughs) (laughs) and then i'm just like watching it taking it all in just loving every second of it uh one quick story from that tour um we actually had to break off the tour for a couple days and (laughs) when we came back to like in the middle of the tour and so 100 demons down to nothing outbreak they kept going for a couple days we came back, and uh, Pete had his hand all wrapped up. And we're like, what happened while we were gone? Down to Nothing had fireworks, and they were lighting them and throwing them. And uh, someone in Down to Nothing was about to like like lit a firework and was about to throw it. And Pete comes up, and he's like, give me that. Takes it out of his hand, cocks his arm back to throw it, and it blew up in his hand. <laughs> but it was... It was just such a fun tour. Cause like, I don't know, it was a really cool collection of, of people and sounds. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then the second thing that I will add, um, you know, Zach touched on like how, how awesome Pete was at stepping in for Bruce. And I'll just add like doing that with, with all the context of like forced reality, you know, and and him coming from this notable OI band from that era and just like flipping up the style and, and crushing it probably even more than forced reality. And, and I think that's just interesting context to, to add to that. But yeah, my, my votes, uh, self-titled, but I know like <clears throat> the the colt record is in, in the eyes of the lord and i respect that record so much and it's a fantastic record but my heart's going to go with self titled
0: yeah self titled is so sick right but dude in, in the eyes of the lord is like one of the greatest things ever and uh it's wild like i often fantasize about silly things you know like if you win lotto what would you what would you do with your money I've always thought like I would just become like one of the biggest bootleggers. Like I would make like lost and found look like discord, you know, and just like go fucking nuts and make every record ever wanted. I always thought like the sickest, like 12 inch split, I would just do a four song 12 inch split and I would put forsaken and heart surprise on one side and put the weirdos (laughs) neutron bomb seven inch on the other side. It's like, The greatest two songs like pre-metal in punk and hardcore and like the greatest two songs post-metal in hardcore, you know? And it's like it would just be a documentation of like the best music in that 25-year span represented by two bands and four songs. And – uh but yeah, starting with Forsaken, like this recording on this LP is – like it's a little loose and a little sloppy in times, which like gives it so much character, but it still sounds like bright and big. Like if you listen to the demo and compare it to this, like this thing smokes the demo, right? And like a a bunch of the songs from this were demo songs. So you can compare them and it's like, God damn forsaken with that sample. And then going into it, it's like, this song is so iconic. Like, have you ever like had this song come on and you didn't like turn it up a little bit? like regardless of like how loud you were listening to like your music previous to this, like it always goes up a notch. It's a perfect song. Everyone knows it. And uh, yeah. And then right into suffer like that intro and opening, like the intro and outro sequences, like they're just fucking iconic, you know? And then also like this dude writes like good ass fast riffs too, like that, that fast riff on suffer is like a great integrity ass sounding riff, you know? And then uh, I love on the breakdown at the end when it goes to the ride. Uh, Dan mentioned so alone. It's got the Aaron net Aaron knuckles guest spot. Wake him and hate mid temple banger. You gotta have it. Um, while you're praying another like big ass integrity riff. This one's like a Braxis kind of, you know, and this is where they come in and they do that. Like that ring out chorus with like the double kick. That's like so iconic to like the the Hunter Demon sound. um, and then into Infected, like Infected is like, dude, the, the first four parts on this song is like one of the the raddest sequences in like the history of heavy music. Like if you just think about how this song starts, like they're like, we're just going to start the song on 11. You know what I mean? Like it's just like that all out like double kick drum attack, you know, with like the, the guitars going right along with it. And then like jumps to the youth crew toms. And like, you know, my favorite thing in hardcore is, Youth crew toms in non-youth crew parts, like heavy hardcore bands when they hit the youth crew toms, it's like the greatest thing ever. So like they do that that double kick assault into the youth crew tom part and then onto the cymbals with the double kick and then back to the youth crew toms. It's like good God man, what the fuck? And then that final mosh on this song uh is like the first time that they do like their triplet mosh, which is like another like hundred demon staple. You know, they do it there, they do it on time bomb. Uh, they do it like sporadically through all their like through a a handful of songs, and it's like one of the sickest things they do. Um, but hard surprise, like this song is like in the second to last spot on the record, and it's like my my second favorite song on the record. This thing is so perfect, you know, like the way they tease like that chug part coming. They kind of like tease it. And then when it finally kicks off, it's like do 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 go. So sick. And then also, like, do the call and answers on this song and on uh Forsaken, like it's the best call and answers, like in hardcore, straight up. In fact, it's some of the greatest call and answers like in the history of music. Like they should straight up be put like as honorary members in like the new Orleans music hall of fame based on these calling answers, like straight up. Um, and then also they do a slow song on this record. They put it last, which I respect, you know, like that's where you put your slow song, dude, have it like be that last slot. Um, both these records are great. I think that this is a great fair matchup. And I think that nostalgia is just making me go in the eyes of the Lord. I bought the CD like right around the time it came out. I've loved it ever since. I was a little bit of a late adopter on uh, the self titled record, which I now love. But uh, yeah, can't beat that uh, sentimental value of In the Eyes of the Lord. So two to one in a great matchup for In the Eyes of the Lord. Side A versus
2: side
0: B. All right, we're going side A versus side B. And this time, again, it's a split seven inch. We are talking the Rot and Hell Cruelty Split 7-Inch. That is Cruelty with a C, not the Cruelty Band with a K. This came out on May 14th, 2023 on Sin Eater Records. Uh, Dan, you love this thing, and you thought it was a fair matchup.
1: Yeah, um, and it's got awesome artwork by friend of the pod, Simon Earl, oh, who won... Shit best artwork for last year's uh last wishes artwork oh yeah which you know zach needed what like three more chain link fences and two more pit bulls a little more barbed wire dude a little oh, sprinkle okay. of barbed wire <laughs> <laughs> yeah um this thing is is both coming out of like the you know what certain people might refer to as like the holy terror type style of music you know like has a little bit of integ influence in there um rotten hell have been doing that masterfully for ages this is my first time hearing cruelty and for me the cruelty side sounds like like it could be like Gehenna if they were maybe on 3 1g um it's like a a bit more for lack of a better term like almost like spastic style, uh, Gehenna. It's really, um, it's really well recorded. It sounds great. Um, it, it's stomping along, um, or actually blazing along. It's really fast. Um, the vocals are very screamy, like, and it, it just has that potentially like, the three one G thing is, is a way to describe it to an extent, but you could say Gehenna fused with converge. That could be a good way of thinking about the way cruelty sounds. Um, The vocals are really, really audible, nice, uh, aggressive, screamy though, like really screamy. And um, the music is, it has an element of chaos to it. Like it's, quick it's it's flicking around from from um the riffs are just extremely like um chaotic to me now flip that with the other side you get one song from rotting hell and for me you know we always like to put things in uh for riff of the year this one's going in there for me i i just love the way this riff does the, it, like, it starts out with this feedback and then it goes, Ju-ju, and then it just comes in with this almost like Conan the Barbarian, like, destroying riff that just sits over the top. And it's just going over these chugs and it does that for a bit until it builds up. And then there's like, um, almost a nineties esque, like vocal part, w- like a talky part, and then it, it jumps into uh some really like aggressive screaming, and the riff then truncates and goes, um, but it it still like maintains that like melody part to it, but it like truncates and like kind of chugs and goes harder, and then the best part is like the song is reaching this like cacophony and then the riff comes back slow over the top again and it's just like i don't know for like sleep or something like that that it just where this riff like just makes you want to bob your head like crazy like or ohm or any of those bands that without it being stoner metal because sean the guitar player is definitely not a stoner um it's just so fucking good. I really love it. And yeah, if we're going side A, side B, I'm going rotten hell all day. I really, I really, um I really like this song a lot.
0: Well, Dan, we gotta say that when you serve this up, I said, Are you sure you wanna do this? You really like this because you're gonna have to carry it and say lots of nice things about it because I don't like to be negative on the pod. Right? And uh yeah, I mean, like if this matchup, like Cruelty, it's, I mean, I just don't like this kind of music at all. And then Rotten Hell, like the song's cool, but it's six minutes, like oof. So it's like I have like my least favorite style of like hardcore music versus a six minute song. That's like a rough decision for me here. Um, the Rot in Hell, like if it wasn't so long, I like elements of it um that riff is like very bolt thrower fourth crusade absolutely um, in fact like maybe even a little two on the nose you know like it's is very very similar uh it's a very like iconic metal part uh one thing i do think this band's really good at is like that verse riff is the when they go fast like it's really good and i love like the way they bring in the guitar solo like it comes in and it goes out like while the riff is still going You know, it's not just like, okay, we're going to play a riff on a verse four times, and the solo is going to come in on number three and four. It's like it kind of comes in on like two to three. You know, it's not there for like one and four. It's kind of sick the way they like overlay that solo. Um, The Cruelty stuff, like I just don't like this kind of like super up-tempo, Super riffy, like zany metalcore with like lots of like left-hand noodling and like liberal panic chords like, like I I don't know. I'd just rather like sit on a warm public toilet seat than listen to stuff that sounds like this. And uh
1: what, what a lovely visual. Yeah, you know.
0: Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I just that's how the song "Witch" sounds to me and the second song burning your world like it's also super riffy but then they add in like melodic metal which is like another thing i hate it's like okay sick um but like they're talented musicians and like this style of music is very popular like people love it so it's just something that i don't like at all so i don't have an ear for it so i can't tell if it's like good compared to the other bands that do this or not you know it's like i don't know I guess I'm just not the one to speak on this. I do like the singer's voice. I love how shredded it is. Like he's got a killer shredded voice and is able to like pull off like staying super monotone and being that gnarly sounding the whole way through. So that's sick. But uh, I think I got to go rotten hell on that, uh, on that bolt thrower ass riff. I think that's the side. Chris, what's your opinion?
3: Uh, like Zach, I'm not a huge fan of the style. So like, I don't have a ton of like reference, like frame of reference or like comparisons. Cause it's just typically not my thing, but you know, they both do it, do their, their things very well. They're not, um, I don't know if it's the same. It, it doesn't sound like the same to me. Like rotten hell sounds a lot more, um, you know there's a re- lot more like reverb that makes it a little bit uh um i don't know i guess creepy sounding uh like kind of in an in, in integrity way a little bit whereas uh cruelty reminded me kind of of a less swedish sounding undying which is is another band who who i've always thought was super impressive but never got into them really but Every time I saw them, they were super impressive and, and entertaining. So I kind of feel the same way about like both of these bands, like, you know, not really my style, but sounds like they're doing them well. Um, you know, the recordings are cool. Typically, I don't like as much reverb uh, or, you know, whatever that, is, whatever that effect is on the, on the Rotten Hell. But I think it works well for them because like I said, it kind of gives them that, that kind of uh creepy slash. Uh, rustic style uh feel and then cruelty uh like zach i really appreciate the the vocals just being like you know shredded balls to the wall uh i'm gonna take i'm gonna take cruelty um i thought it was cool i thought both of these were cool but like I said, it's just not like my favorite style. So it's probably not something I'll go back to a ton, but it's good enough that I'll listen to it again for sure. Both of them.
1: I'm taking it back to the old school cause I'm an old fool. <laughs> I'm taking it back to the old school cause I'm an old fool. <laughs> Yo, what's up motherfuckers? Old
0: school. All right, we're going old school. I wanted to talk a 7-inch that came out in 1981 on R Radical Records. It's the band, the stains doing their seven inch John Wayne was a Nazi, Uh, just two songs. And I think that both songs are awesome and iconic. And that's why I wanted to speak this Uh, kicking it off that John Wayne is a Nazi song. I love how it just starts with like the bass playing, like the full, like guitar chords, you know, like he's not just like single stringing it. It's like, and then it comes in with the drums and then the guitar kicks in and then the singer's just in, like, it's like a very quick sequence of like, Bass, add the drums, add the guitar, singing's in. And it's just like a straight up mid-tempo banger. Killer verse, killer chorus. And like, (laughs) the way this song is laid out is so fucking sick. Like, there's no bullshit. It's just like that tiny little intro, and then it's four verses and four choruses, and then it's out. And it's insane, too, because like, you know, there's no tempo change. There's no like pre-chorus. There's no bridge there's nothing it's four verses four choruses but it is kind of funny like before they do the fourth chorus they do one tiny tiny little pre-chorus uh but yeah it's just so sick i think this is like one of the great classic punk songs and i wanted to uh get on the playlist and get your guys opinion also the song born to die is like a wild like semi-fast beat it's like a very sloppy D beat almost um but it's cool, and like this song is notable because, like, you know, it's like a modern protest anthem now, right? Everyone's heard like people protesting and, and saying "no war, no KKK, no fascist USA" or a variation of it. Well, here it is. This is the song that it came from, and uh, yeah, it's super iconic, super sick, um, so sick that we'll forgive them for that long jam part in the end. Um, but yeah, I love this two song banger seven inches. Uh, One of the greatest Punk 7 Inches ever, in my opinion. Uh, Dan, what was your take on this?
1: I mean, this thing rips, you know. That sucker was racist, simple and plain. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. Yes. Sorry, Elvis. Um, (laughs) Actually, I'm not. Um, John Wayne was a Nazi. I I remember hearing this literally right around the, Time I was first getting into punk, so like our neighbors next door, uh, in Warrington, they had, were into the jam and stuff like that. And so, this must have been I must have been like 10 or 11 when they played this song for me. So, it that means it like must have been new ish, maybe. I don't know, when did this come out? 81. Okay, I'm not that old, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I just thought, like, because my granddad loved John Wayne. Like, he used to love the, cow- like, cowboy films and it, like, would always be on on a Saturday morning if there was a cowboy, my granddad would be at the TV. So I was always like, John Wayne was a Nazi? Really? <laughs> but I love how it goes into, like, talking about, you know, his treatment of natives and stuff. Because if you remember when that – um I- I'm so sorry for forgetting her name right now, but the Native American protester who Marlon Brando sent to the Oscars in to take his award as a protest and uh, John Wayne like wanted to get up and punch her. So he really is a piece of shit. Um, song is so good. It's so catchy. You love it. And then the born to die part, uh, song. I mean, I love that it has the the protest refrain. But the best part is like when it first launches into the protest refrain part. It's like the drummer is playing like Wipeout. It's like do-doodle 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 yeah. like over the part where it's going like you know no war, no KKK, no fascist USA. So I enjoy that. I mean, this is a this is a classic material. This is so good. Um, if people are hearing this for the first time, they are so psyched. Yeah. All time, dude.
0: So classic. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this?
1: Uh,
3: yeah, this is sick. Um, I, this is MDC and, and stains is a bit of a blind spot for me. Admittedly. Um, I've heard the song before, uh, but there were never a band that I gravitated to and and listened to a bunch. But so this is kind of a, um, kind of a new discovery for me, to be honest, like, John Wayne was a Nazi I've heard a million times on <laughs> Grand Theft Auto uh, when you're playing wow. that and you're driving along uh, to the punk station. Uh but I don't know, it's a bit of a different experience, I guess, just sitting down and listening to it. Um the actual song without uh Keith Morris's voice between it as the DJ. <laughs> um and then what, what Zach was saying about like the uh Born to Die and how the lyrics have been used at every protest um in the history of the world since is kind of a cool um you know if you go to the soccer pitch and you hear people chanting all the you know sham 69 or Cox Bar lyrics or you know whoever punk songs and and later you find out that that those are classic punk anthems that people are borrowing these lines from kind of a similar uh similar kind of realization for me as i listened to this but yeah it was really cool i I dig these two songs um like i said it's a bit of a blind spot i think um my old punk stuff there's just like a small root of stuff that i really go back to and then when i hit a point in my life when i really wanted to go back to stuff i was it was a lot of more of the like sleazy rock and roll kind of punk stuff you know like stooges and and uh like Dead Boys and, and uh, stuff like that. So MDC was not something that I've ever got around to going back to. But I think this is really cool. These are two great songs.
0: Yeah, and just so because we're talking about MDC and this is the Stains. Um, they this band becomes MDC in the next year, and they put out that first MDC LP, Millions of Dead Cops. That comes out in eighty two. They do another seven inch in eighty three. I think that one's multi death corporations, and then in eighty four, they do millions of dead children. I believe, and that one has, um, what I think is the worst punk song in the history of man, and uh, that's the song Chicken Squawk. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the playlist. It's forever. so bad. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever because like the plane is so competent. Like God, they're like good punk musicians by then. You know what I mean? It's like they've done like this seven inch, then an LP, then like two seven inches and like good God is some terrible fucking shit on there. Zach, Ugh.
3: when you were, when you were saying you hate fun songs, like I don't even know if this qualifies cause that's so obnoxious.
0: It's no, I don't know what this is. I, I don't know how you define this.
1: I but think everyone, everyone, you define it as, Bert last's Backyard Jam. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Okay, uh, Dan, final thoughts on the episode and where can the people find you?
1: Uh, the episode's really fun. I love talking this new hardcore. Um, I've I got to say that part where the Rotten Hell song builds and then the riff comes back in you know i don't think you guys gave it enough of a of a chance because that part is just so good and people can find me at southport instagrammer on instagram or on stage at indecision 30 so make sure you come through make sure you say what's up to all of us cuz we'll all be there and we hope to see you lot there yeah we'll have one more podcast
0: before that comes out dan so we can talk it then Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean dude, I listened to that song, uh the the Rod in Hell song three times. So listening to uh a, a six minute song that's not Iron Maiden three times is like notable. You know, I didn't just listen to it once.
1: No, um, I'm I'm just I'm just giving you shit because I just I just really love that riff.
0: No, I think it's a sick hook. Like it's cool. It's cool. And I like when uh, band's milk shit, right? You write some sick, just fucking milk it. Fuck it. Um, Chris, final thoughts on the episode and where can the people find you?
3: Uh, final thoughts of the episode. I was just thinking of Dan uh, on stage in the dead July heat on in the afternoon on the uh, main stage. <laughs> Will Dan have a shirt on?
0: <laughs>
3: Will he be rocking that Dennis Rodman Jersey with his uh, England tattoo showing? They oh. call
1: me England. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah. Final thoughts. Just appreciate you guys having me on. Appreciate always just talking hardcore with y'all and, uh, appreciate everyone that listens and like contributes to the conversation and, you know, uh, you know, echoes appreciation of some of the stuff or like, you know, hips us to other stuff to check out. Like, You know, some, of some of the stuff that people that listen to this podcast, um, have recommended are, have, you know, become some of my favorite bands as well. So I just appreciate that and appreciate chatting with you. And you can find me on, uh, Elon Musk's, uh, abomination, Chris Williams 51. And I also have the same, uh, the same on Instagram. So I'll see you there
0: and I'll see you also at indecision30. That's right. And everyone, when you're watching over my dead body at indecision 30, definitely do not heckle for Dan and the band to play chicken squawk. That would be rude. (laughs) Again, I say, do not heckle over my dead body to play chicken squawk. They won't do it. Don't heckle them to play chicken squawk. That would be rude. Uh, Everyone everyone, get at me. 185 miles south at gmail.com. I respond to everyone. Uh, that's the whole reason why this podcast started. What's up? Also, 185 Miles South uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And also, my personal, Zach Retaliate on Instagram. And you know, Retaliate is the best on Instagram. Everyone, we love you all. We will talk to you again next Monday on Patreon. Smash that Patreon button, handle business, and go see Drain on the rest of their tour.